It's the fourth Monday of the month, and uh, that means we always uh, have the University of Dallas segment. Uh, Dr. Sanford, uh, not always live in studio, but here he is, so good to see you. Well, welcome. It's great to, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. Yeah, and uh, you have brought a guest, and yes. uh, I, I love Focus. I love what they do, and uh, so, all right, take it away. Great. Well, my guest today is Rachel Zayas. She coordinates our Focus missionaries on the campus of the University of Dallas, and you know, on this show, we often focus on um, the academic side of the university. I bring in faculty members, and, and we talk about our curriculum. But I thought our listeners might enjoy learning a little bit more about the spiritual formation and opportunities for character development and, and other engagements that we provide at the University of Dallas. And Rachel has just done a fantastic job. We're in our second year of a partnership with the Focus organization. That's the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. So thank you for coming on to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you, you're a missionary, mm-hmm. and how does one become a missionary? Why did, why did you become a missionary? I mean, I think the simple answer is being in love with Jesus Christ. But when I was a college student, I actually had a crazy reversion back to the faith. When I was 17 years old, I was in a very bad car accident. And um, from that, walked away kind of miraculously, shouldn't have, and changed my life in a very dramatic way. Went from being very involved in the party culture of my high school to being kind of the youth group junkie that I think a lot of students have when they come back to Jesus. And then when I went to college, I went to Baylor University mm-hmm. as a very... We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> sick and bears all the way. But went to Baylor with a ton of zeal for Jesus from a pretty Catholic bubble mm-hmm. and didn't understand that there was actually a conversation of people of different denominations that had been going on much longer than I had been alive. Um, and my friends started to really challenge my faith. And mm-hmm. so my first day of college was told I wasn't a Christian because I was Catholic. Uh-huh. And then the next week was told I was a cannibal because of our belief in the Eucharist. Wow. I mean, <laughs> Whoa, that's a tough week. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. in some ways, being some a Catholic... Some prejudices are, are, are quite persistent. Apparently. For sure. And I mean, in some ways, my, my Protestant friends at Baylor were super excited to meet a Catholic. They're like, what's it like to worship Mary? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never done that before. And, um, so I went running to the only thing I knew, which was the Mass. I went to the Catholic Center and my first week of college actually met some missionaries who invited me into a Bible study and took the zeal of a very, very new Christian mm-hmm. and really channeled it and made me an evangelist on my college campus. Mm-hmm. And so to get to see a lot of my friends walk from either being in a place not of faith or from maybe a different denomination into being received into the Catholic Church was I, I couldn't get enough of it. And so to learn that this was something that I could do with my whole life, mm-hmm. it, it was a no brainer. Well, thank you for answering the call and dedicating your life Praise to evangelization. It's it's remarkable the way that focus has taken off on our own campus. And I I wanted you to uh, have an opportunity to describe the work of focus um, nationally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there are any international um, dimensions, but maybe there are now. And so what 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 is the purpose of focus what what is its its mission and and vision and and uh, tell us a little bit about 
uh, this organization? Of course. So Focus started around 25 years ago, and our mission is very simple, to know Christ Jesus and to fulfill his great commission. We do that primarily through work on the college campus. We know that from the college campus, not only is it one of the hinge points, so eight out of 10 people who lose their faith will do so in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so college in some ways really is a graveyard for souls. And we mm-hmm. hear from so many parents, they send their kids off to school mm-hmm. and They come back and don't even recognize them sometimes. Um, So first of all, the college campus is a very strategic place to be. but also because from the college campus, you go into every sector of the world. You find your spouse in a lot of places. You find where you're going to live in a lot of places. And so from the college campus, if we can really inspire a generation to love the Lord, we can see the ripple effects. And so we've seen from in 25 years, starting in one campus, that we're now at over 180 campuses in five countries. Mm, wow. And it okay. really has okay. just exploded. Five countries. Mm-hmm. So I was quite wrong about the, <laughs> the national okay. focus. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I began hearing about focus maybe 15 years ago mm-hmm. um, when I was teaching at, at Franciscan University. And, and one of my uh, students went on to become a uh, missionary for a number of years and was sent to um, the hinterlands of, uh, I think it was North Dakota. And, <laughs> and, and um, but I was really impressed with him, and I thought, okay, something must be happening here. And and as I've I've studied and learned more about the work of Focus and the way in which they they are, um, you are just so explicit about sharing a deep relationship with Jesus Christ through mm-hmm. Bible studies, through other small group work, and um, really generating a um, a sense of discipleship with mm-hmm. with our our students on our own campus and. One of the things that I've, I've, I've really appreciated about the way that focus operates is, is that constant focus on, on the interpersonal relationships that you build with uh, students. You know, our Lord started with just 12 apostles and, and from that, the church has grown. And, and so, um, when, when I started, um, thinking about whether focus would be a good fit for the, the University of Dallas, there, there were some initial impediments, it seemed to me, because I know that you are just, so dedicated to being missionaries, particularly in places that are mission territory, right? And, and you don't normally think of a Catholic university as being a mission territory. Maybe some Catholic universities, but part of, of um, what's absolutely essential to the University of Dallas is our, our constant um, uh, attention to being in sync with the magisterium. We're very explicit about our Catholic identity. We have a, a robust liturgical schedule on campus. Our campus ministry is, is flourishing. And, and so I thought, you know, is it appropriate even to ask Focus to get involved with the University of Dallas? But, but you've been involved with other uh, Catholic universities as, as well. So how do you think about that division between a Catholic university versus a non-Catholic university within Focus? Of course. I mean, I think the first thing I think about is very personal. I was never outside of my Catholic community when I was as far away from the Lord as I was, when I was deep into the party culture at my Catholic high school. Mm -hmm. And so I think first that the lost are everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. It's not I'm going out to reach all of these sinners, but that I am the sinner even as a missionary. Mm -hmm. So first that the lost are everywhere. Um, but I think second that we have such an opportunity. Um, I was speaking to a priest who worked at Benedictine College and he said that, you know, college students at Benedictine are the same as college students everywhere, but we can talk about it 
we can talk about the true things, the good things, the beautiful things from a lens of faith. Mm-hmm. And that actually is such an advantage to being a missionary at a place where we can almost speak more plainly than we can in other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at the University of Dallas, indeed, one can speak plainly of uh, evangelization and, and discipleship to our Lord. Um, and we, we now are um, in a, an extremely um, blessed position. We have seven missionaries on our mm-hmm. campus, which is a, a little bit larger than, than you have on, on other university campuses. And, and uh, yet we've, we've got uh, a great majority of our undergraduate students are already Catholic. So how, do, how does focus with, uh, work with um, uh, students who are already Catholic or are seeking? And, and do you make distinctions between those two in terms of, of, of how the missionaries reach out and invite students in, into uh, Bible studies or, or other engagements? For sure. I mean, I think so much of what we do is so tailored to the individual, right, mm-hmm. that I'm not trying to put students or even myself on a conveyor belt and just work on people as if they're projects, but it's actually encountering each person exactly where they are and say, okay, wh- what is the next step for you? Mm-hmm. And so maybe the next step for you is confession if it's been a long time, or maybe the next step for you is RCIA, or maybe the next step for you is purchasing a Bible. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, for, mm-hmm. for every person, there is a next step. And so we as missionaries receive extensive training mm-hmm. in theology, catechetics, skills of evangelization, so that we can be uh, unique to each person and that every person can feel known, loved, and cared for. Mm-hmm. But I think the overall goal, again, is that we know Jesus and fulfill his great commission. And so really the bread and butter is taking Catholics, those who have the fullness of truth, and setting them on fire for their faith to send them out to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think UD is such a great place to be to do that. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, would you mind... Um, maybe getting into the nuts and bolts a little bit and, and, and starting with, with the relationship with our own chaplain, um, who is also our director of campus ministry, Father Joseph Paul Albin. How, how does this, this outfit that in some respects is on the outside, um, incorporate itself with, with the work of the, the university, in particular, the, the vitally important work of our, our campus ministry office. Of course. I think at a Catholic university where campus ministry is so vibrant, um, Father Joseph Paul, as well as the campus ministry staff, they are doing so much good work, but also that there are limits, right? Um, I think Father Joseph Paul spends more time than average administering the sacraments on a college campus. He spends mm-hmm. more time than average in spiritual direction. And so there's places where he just can't go because of timing. So mm-hmm. I think missionaries in a particular way can go places that maybe the priest doesn't have the bandwidth for. Right. Um, but we like to think of ourselves as independent contractors. You know, we're kind of <laughs> we're hired by the university to do a specific job, but still very much in line with the vision and guidance of campus ministry. So we meet with campus ministry at least once a week. Father Joseph Paul was over at my house for breakfast this morning with the missionaries, and um, it's a very beautiful working relationship. And we were actually able to see last year, we were kind of curious, okay, is focus in campus ministry, are we just reaching the same people? Mm -hmm. And we actually saw that there was no more than a 20% overlap of students that were heavily involved in campus ministry Mm -hmm. and heavily involved in focus. So that we're actually reaching two different groups of people mm-hmm. and able to go farther than either one of us could on our own. That, that's wonderful. Because, you know, um, it, it was a similar thing at Franciscan when, when, I, when I taught there. There's, there are the students who, who come to daily mass who are already plugged in. Um, 
Um, and if not daily mass, then at least more than one time a week or, or and they're participating in the sacramental um, opportunities that are provided on the campus of the University of Dallas. But uh, but then there are students who are more on the periphery. And then then there's another periphery around that periphery. And and, and so when I was thinking of, of what uh, focus might be able to to um, provide for our students, it was reaching those those outer peripheries and, and starting to invite people in more deeply and, and I'm I'm really encouraged to see that that's happening that that uh, new new individuals are awakening to their faith through the work that that you and and the other missionaries are doing so thank you for that praise be to God <laughs> so you know one one of the things that that we really emphasize at the University of Dallas is it, an integrated approach to the the intellectual formation the the uh, Moral development or character formation of our students and and uh, the theological formation, right? And the the human person is is a is a, a totality. We are not compartmentalized into these different bits and pieces. And I I want all of our graduates to um, have an opportunity to leave the university more whole, confirmed in their um, their humanity. Um, and, and their humanity understood as, as directed ultimately towards friendship with, with God through the cultivation of their faith. So how, how do the missionaries sort of navigate the, the intellectual formation, which in, in one respect is, is a unifying element at, at the university? Um, we're, we're known for being a, a rigorous place that, that requires a lot of our students and, um, in the classroom and, and in terms of their preparation and, and, how was how that navigated and, and enhanced through the work of the missionaries? Of course, you're using one of my favorite words. I feel like I say the word integration about 20 times a week with my missionaries <laughs> or with different students because you're exactly right. It is this integrated life that we are not just bodies, not just souls, not just minds, but that we're mind, body, soul composites. And so I think what we have found is a really great gift is that the intellectual rigor of the University of Dallas, specifically in your theology and your philosophy, I married a UD grad, so I know how hard yeah. they work. Um, and I had him in the classroom, and he was quite excellent. So. I- you know, I'm biased, but I think that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that the intellectual rigor of the University of Dallas, again, specifically in your theology, really does complement, complementarity we love in our church, complements some of the spiritual, hopefully the spiritual rigor, mm-hmm. um, and the spiritual and human formation that we as missionaries are really trying to emphasize. Um, we talk about the journey from the head to the heart. Mm-hmm. And wh- one of my favorite stories is... Um, the very the understanding the Bible class that the students colloquially call under the Bible mm-hmm. that they take their freshman year. I had a group of those freshman girls in a Bible study last year, and it just so happened that the the Bible study that we were doing was aligning perfectly with what they were learning in under the Bible. Mm-hmm. So they're going under the Bible on Mondays, and then they're coming to Bible study, and they're able to take this intellectual truth that they're receiving and able to apply it to their own lives and able to see how, wow, this isn't just facts that I'm learning, but this story is my story. Mm-hmm. And wow, how can I be a part of salvation history? Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. I had never seen it as a missionary before, that complementarity, and mm-hmm. I think it fits perfectly. That's a, that's a great example. So how uh, how do the missionaries invite students in? I mean, um, um, they themselves are all college graduates. You're, you're all college graduates, relatively recent, mm-hmm. right? So so there's there's a um, it's it's hard to tell from the outside whether whether they're they're um, members of the University of Dallas academic community principally as students or 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 not. But how are these invitations issued? How how does how does um, the momentum um, 
increase over time as, as more people come in. Of course. I mean, I think I think it comes down to authentic friendship. We really are not trying to, uh, again, turn people into projects. We're really trying to know people. And I think when a friend invites you into something, I think you're much more likely to say yes. And so we spend so much of our weeks just being on campus with students, whether that's eating lunch in the cafeteria or going to study with them in the library or even we'll table on campus with a little whiteboard and try to do kind of a thought-provoking question to just get people talking. And I think it's those continued encounters that that piques people's interest. And mm-hmm. so typically it's not uh, what you would think of as like street evangelization where you're on the corner with a Bible kind of <laughs> preaching at people, but it's really trying to meet people where they're at and mm-hmm. to develop those authentic relationships. And I think that that's why you see such fruit mm-hmm. is that it's not coming from a top down, but it's really peer to peer it's people walking on the same path towards a deeper relationship with our lord and i, I notice a great emphasis on hospitality so mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned eating in the cafeteria but i know you also hold socials for mm-hmm. the students and your in your residence and and um over the weekend hours where mm-hmm. where our, our campus ministry office um and and our student life staff may not be able to reach off campus right mm-hmm. but but you have um Wonderful opportunities for students to gather for a barbecue, or mm-hmm. I think you mentioned you've got jambalaya on. Yeah, on, we're going to uh, have a crawfish boil <laughs> yeah. for Mardi Gras because we're super Catholic. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think, again, we're going back to this integrated life. And so being a Catholic, being a even an intellectual is not always in the classroom. It's also these conversations about life that UD students, by the way, are better than most students I have encountered at having those conversations over dinner or over a campfire. And so mm-hmm. part of what we say as missionaries is radical availability, that our lives are not nine to five, but that we really try to be with people as much as we have the bandwidth for. And a lot of that is over dinner. A lot of that is at a crawfish boil or at a rugby game or wherever, so that it's not just at Bible study that we're having these deep conversations, but that sometimes it takes a week of under the Bible and a Bible study and maybe a discipleship meeting, and then the light bulb goes off at the rugby game, and you end up having a deep conversation about how you need to be deeper, more deeply conformed to Jesus at a sports game. So... um Thank you for that. And, and it, it, uh, I know it must be exhausting, but also energizing to, to be radically available. And, and, and you've got young children and I can only imagine that the, the college students are just delighted to be in the presence of, of your, your beautiful children. So it's, my it's kids a gift to love them. to be on campus and think that all of the UD students are their very best friends. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what, what do you mean when you say a Bible study? Because I, I think, um, a lot of Catholics, um, myself included, until until I started entering into uh, some Bible um, studies myself, which was relatively late in life, although I'd studied the Bible in classes mm-hmm. and I read it on my own, but I always thought of uh, a Bible study as something that maybe Protestants did, or I just didn't have much experience with what that means. So I, I, I think maybe some members in our audience might be in a, a similar situation. Can, can you explain what what uh, what you mean by a Bible study? Of course. So a Bible study, quite simply, is uh, groups. We do same-sex groups. So guys meet with guys, girls meet with girls. Of around, I would say, 8 to 12 people is normally that sweet spot. It's mm-hmm. probably something there with the 12 apostles and why it works so well. <laughs> um, getting together for at least an hour once a week to really encounter God's Word and to encounter the Lord through Scripture. So it's not primarily intellectual, although we are trying to give Catholics, I think, more of a biblical literacy that I think sometimes we have missed as Catholics. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it's more so that Jesus is going to encounter you through the word of God. And so it's through that community of people and through God's word that that really we're encountering him. When when you go through the Bible, do you, do you start at the very beginning through these studies or do you do you connect to the the uh, the Sunday scripture readings and anticipate those or how do you configure this? So we are so grateful as missionaries that we've got a team of wonderful theologians. All of our Bible studies have imprimaturs and Hill Obstats that they really have been vetted by church authority. And we have a number of Bible studies that go through different topics. They're all actually available for free on focusequip.org. Mm-hmm. If you want to go through a Bible study, that's more than um, available to you. But we start try to start with the basics, that everyone's got a foundation of what is the kerygma? What is that gospel message that Jesus Christ died for us and wants us to have a relationship with him forever through the Catholic Church? And then we go a little bit deeper. So we'll go through salvation history and how does God's story apply to me? Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into some more virtue. So how do I live if, if this is true? How do I live as a disciple? What does that mean? What does that look like? What did the early church do? And then as you get older, the studies get deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes, I mean, the, the basic one, the crux that we use, which is the kerygma, mm-hmm. I have been going through for over a decade and I'm still gleaning truth because, mm-hmm. yeah, scripture is ever ancient and ever new, mm-hmm. like our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if our listeners wanted to, to go through a Bible study, mm-hmm. you mentioned a website, and mm-hmm. is that same website the one they would go to to learn about Focus uh, generally? or So focus.org, F-O-C-U-S dot O-R-G, is where you can go to learn general information about Focus. Mm-hmm. If you are a college student excited about um, maybe being involved yourself, I would point you to focusoncampus.org, mm-hmm. and that is really where you can receive a ton of resources, both virtually. One of the gifts of the pandemic has actually been that we have in, uh, extended our offerings of virtual mentorship and walking with people, mm-hmm. um, and also to see if there are missionaries on your campus. Mm-hmm. So if there's a missionary on your campus, you can find their picture and their phone number of every missionary in the country. That's that's mm-hmm. that's really awesome. Um, and and there are ways to get involved, including supporting individual missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, my my family does that with one of our recent alumni um, who's who's on the campus of MIT this year. He is. And um, I I know there will probably be more. And and if people are interested in supporting Focus at UD, they can check out our our website and and if they're moved to to submit a gift that way to help us to. Um, provide our contribution to their missionary work. But you guys have to do a lot of, of work just uh, building partnerships and, mm-hmm. and, and supporting yourself. So there's an institutional commitment on the one hand and then an individual commitment on the other. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's been, for our family, wonderful to enter into the support for focus in, in a particular way. And any 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 words of, of direction for uh, those who might be interested in, in getting involved in this work? Of course. Uh, if you would like to support the work that specific missionaries are doing, every Focus Missionary Fund raises 100% of their salaries. So mm-hmm. um, not only missionary supplies to host a crawfish boil, but also to go towards things like our rent and groceries <laughs> for ourselves. Um, and I will say the partnership, we call it mission partner development, and mm-hmm. really the partnership between mission partners who are business uh, business owners and just moms and dads who care about what's happening on the college campus, along with the missionaries who are actually on the ground doing the work, is one of the most beautiful pieces of the mission that we get to participate 
participate in. So it really is an honor and a gift. But all of those missionaries, again, are on focus.org slash give. If you are moved to support any one of our over 800 missionaries, we would be more than grateful. Yeah. Wonderful. You know what? One of the the last thing I guess because we're running out of time. But <laughs> but um, one thing that convinced me about the the um, significance of focus is the effectiveness. I, I had reviewed a, a study that was done maybe a decade ago or so on on um, the difference that focus makes in terms of college students retaining their faith and and the success rates are just you know out of this world and and. Why, why is it so effective? Well, it's because you're enabling college students to encounter Jesus Christ and to build a relationship with him. And that's a, that's a lifelong affair. And so seeing young people fall in love with our Lord and develop that relationship over the course of their lifetime is really encouraging. And I'm, I'm seeing the fruit of that already on our own campus and the way in which more and more students are, are entering into that invitation and cultivating that deep friendship with our Lord. So thank you again for, for being with us at the University of Dallas and for the work that you and the other missionaries are doing with our students. It is our genuine honor. Thank you very much for having us. All right. Thanks to you both. Great conversation. Boy, I think she needs a little more enthusiasm. I don't know. I, you know great, uh, great guest, uh, Rachel Zayas there and uh, Dr. Sanford. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. I actually had, uh, speaking of funding, uh, one of your funders uh, was listening. I had a text conversation. Bill Kula from the Catholic Foundation. Oh, wonderful. He said uh, the Catholic Foundation provided a grant last year to UD for its focus ministries. So we love the Catholic Foundation mm-hmm. and they do so much great work. And so I'm glad that he was listening. And uh, he also said, Said something about Baylor, but we're not going to mention. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. But thank, thank you to the Catholic Foundation. They've been very generous in, in <clears throat> multiplicity of ways to the University. Of yeah, yeah. Great to see you both. Thank you so much.